All right, grab your Bibles, book of Ephesians tonight, Ephesians chapter number 6, Ephesians chapter number 6, and we're going to jump right into the Bible study this evening, and I have a very, some, a very important uh, subject I want to speak to you about tonight, that if uh, we as Christians can grasp uh, the, the, the study tonight, uh, it is so key and so vital uh, in the life of a Christian. If there's anything that 2020 has proven, uh, that it, it's difficult to survive on superficial Christianity. And uh, we have been challenged, our faith has been challenged, and if you live long enough, uh, things are going to take place in your world, in your life, uh, that uh, we are going to really have to depend, as we should, on the Word of God. And I say, uh, there's certain statements I make to you often, and one of those is we, we, we complicate the Christian life. We make it more complicated than it is. Much of the Christian life is just obedience. Much of our Christian life is just having faith in what the Bible says. And tonight is something that I want you to see. We often overlook it, uh, but I want us to grasp it tonight. And so I'm going to read uh, three verses of Scripture uh, for our text, and then I want you to have a, if you have a pen, uh, you may want to have that handy tonight. I'll go ahead and tell you I only have two points tonight. That's it. That's all I have. And for those of you that keep uh, track, um, you know usually it's a four-point outline. Sometimes on Wednesday nights it can stretch to a 45-point outline, uh, but tonight I just have two points, uh, but I have 28 additional verses of Scripture uh, that I'm going to refer to tonight, and so we'll not take time to turn to all of those, and so I will read them, and so you may want to have a pen handy uh, if you want to jot uh, these uh, verses down, and if you miss them, uh, let me remind you that all of our services, they are uh, uploaded on our website, and you can go back and, and, and get some of them uh, if you need to. But let's read Ephesians chapter number 6. We'll read verses 10, 11, and 12 tonight. Let's go down to verse 13. Let's read these four verses tonight, beginning with verse number 10 of Ephesians chapter number 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. I'll read verse 13 in just a moment. Uh, if you look at what is taking place in our world, what is taking place in our nation, uh, it is more spiritual than it is political. Uh, there are satanic forces behind certain things that are taking place in our, na in our nation, in our world. Um, it, there's spiritual things. There's a spiritual world that's why somebody who does not know Christ, uh, you can put a D by their name or an R by their name, they can't see beyond what is right in front of their face. And we're reminded, and many times as Christians, we forget. There's a spiritual realm that is going on around us. And if we are going to survive it as Christians, uh, we have to be reminded uh, that there, there's, there's a spiritual world taking place. And we're reminded in verse number 11, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. Let's read verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I refer to this in one of the, uh, my previous books that I've written, uh, that when the evil day comes, it's too late for you to be prepared for it. Because it does not announce itself. Um, we need to be prepared to withstand having done all to stand in the evil day. And so we as Christians, we have a responsibility to live according to the Word of God. I know you would agree with me tonight. Uh, it is our responsibility, and we put focus, as we should, on we need to put on the armor of God. We need to be prepared. There is a spiritual battle that each one of us face. Uh, each one of us is going to face, do you realize you have an adversary, you have an enemy that wants to destroy you? Uh, he wants to destroy your home, he wants to destroy your marriage, he wants to destroy your family. Uh, he's doing everything he can, he doesn't want you to serve the Lord, he doesn't want you to honor God, he's going to do everything he can. He's going to throw those fiery darts to try and defeat you, to try and discourage you, to try and stop you. He's going to do, do everything he can to subvert 
the work of God, the church of God. So what are we to do? Uh, we're to put on the armor of God. Now, now, usually in this passage of Scripture, that is where most of the focus is, and it's an important focus. And you look at all the different pieces of the armor that we need to make sure that we have so that we can withstand in the evil day. But I'm afraid there's a key part of what we refer to as spiritual warfare, the armor of God, that we skip over, and there's a spiritual battle, there's wickedness in high places, I need the helmet of salvation, I need the, the sword of the Spirit, I need the shield of faith. But if you miss this, all of that isn't going to matter. And it's in verse number 10. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You need verse 10 before you get to verse 11 to put on the whole armor. Does it matter what a coward is wearing in battle? Does it matter what somebody who is not physically capable to even participate in battle, does it really matter what they wear? No, it doesn't. That's why in, in, our, in, our, in our military, there are certain things that those soldiers are put through to strengthen them physically, mentally. That's why there are certain standards that you have to keep up to. Why? Because it doesn't matter what you put on them. If somebody's not capable of finishing a march to get to the battle, what's the point? Are you following me? There's a lot of Christians, we can talk about the sword, which we need the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, um, but if we're not strong, we're not going to put it on. If we turn back, the, the armor is not going to do us any good. Uh, there's no armor for the back. And so I want us to focus tonight, and I want us to see those words, and this is the title of my Bible study tonight, Finally, my brethren, be strong. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray tonight uh, that you would use your word by your spirit to strengthen your people, to challenge us tonight, to remind us of how much we need you, uh, how much we should uh, heed what you, the instruction that you have given us. May we look at this important truth tonight, and uh, may it uh, remind us uh, that much of what we do for you is based on our determination, our faithfulness to you, our unwillingness to turn back. And Father, may uh, this be a help to us this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We look at the book of Ephesians, and the book of Ephesians is a little different than some of Paul's other epistles. Um, it is more instructive. It is more preventative. Uh, than dealing with certain problems that are in the church. Uh, and so the book of Ephesians, he gives a lot of instructions to Christians. And a lot of times is when we look at books of the Bible, we look at them at chapters. We look at them as, as, a, as a few uh, verses inside the chapter as we spent uh, for 12, 13 weeks uh, recently on Wednesday night uh, in the series on ministry companions, looking at the end of 2 Timothy chapter number 4, to put that passage of Scripture, you had to put it in context of, of what Paul has already written, uh, what Paul had already lived in his life. The same is true with this passage of Scripture. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, giving instructions to the child of God, reminding them how God's people can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Think about this. If you're saved, how many of you are saved tonight? If you're saved tonight, it is because of, of, of your relationship with the Son of God, with Jesus through Christ. That's how we have uh, restoration with the Father. That's how we have a relationship with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the book of Ephesians is written to remind the child of God uh, of this relationship, how they can have this relationship. And as we get to the end... He says, finally, my brethren, what's the context? He's written this epistle. He's written this letter. He's getting to the end of it. And he says, finally, my brethren, and he is going to speak of the armor that, they, that a child of God should wear. 
the armor as we prepare ourselves for spiritual uh, battle. I've taught a few of these uh, um, um, pieces through, throughout the months, uh, but I'll remind you that uh, prayer is spiritual warfare. Uh, and that is the greatest thing that a Christian can do is, is pray. Uh, the different things that we have to have, the shield of faith. We've spent a lot of time through the years speaking of faith and how we have to have faith. A child of God cannot survive in spiritual warfare without faith. We've got to have it. We know that's how we please God. But before we get to any of that, Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, I'm going to make some final points to you. I'm going to, I'm going to get into the closing of the letter. And what does he say before he mentions there's, there's, we wrestle not against flesh and blood? What does he say before he reminds them uh, that, there's, that we're in a spiritual battle? There's spiritual wickedness in high places. What does he even say before he says, put on the whole armor of God? He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You and I as a Christian need to be reminded of the importance of just making up our mind that we're never going to quit on God. Making up our mind that we're going to see this all the way through. It is a wonderful thing. While uh, it, it, it breaks our heart for, 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 for a, a saint here to enter into heaven there, uh, I, with, if the trumpet doesn't sound, then call us home. And if it does, I want to be faithful when that trumpet sounds. But the trumpet doesn't sound, then it's my time to go. I want to still be faithfully serving God. That I, I just think there's something to, as Christians, determ determining that we are never going to quit on Him. But I want us to see something here. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm, I'm going I'm to read a lot of Scripture and make some points, and then I'm going to use that verse of Scripture to make two applications of how uh, we do that, how that is accomplished, uh, because if you enter into warfare, you, gotta, you, you, you better be strong. You better understand there, there's, a, there's a price to pay. And so I want to remind us what he says. He says, be strong in the Lord. I wonder, uh, when we read through the Bible, and we've spent some time with this recently, uh, if, we, if you recall the words, be strong. It's amazing when you study the Word of God how many times God says certain things and we don't always piece it together. I want to take you back to, we actually went over this recently in Deuteronomy 31 verses 6 and 7 is Moses is preparing to leave, go to glory, and he's preparing Joshua, the next leader. Uh, what does he say to him in Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 7? Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with the people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. This is how Moses prepared Joshua. First thing he says is, Be strong. Be of a good courage. Because you're going to have to face some battles. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. Uh, you're, you're going to have to even go beyond what you think you can go beyond. First thing, you must be strong. Now, I want you, as I start reading from, from Scripture to Scripture and giving illustration illustration through the Bible, I want you to be aware of how many times through Scripture God reminds His people, be strong and of a good courage. Quite frankly, before I get into this, we've got too many Christians that have not determined to just be strong and just be of good courage. So what does that mean? Be of good courage means you face what you've got to face even if you don't know how you're going to face it. You get up and you face your day when you don't want to face that day. You say today, by God's strength, I'm going to carry the burden that I have to carry. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be fun. Matter of fact, it's going to be the opposite of all of that. But, but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have courage enough to get out of bed, get dressed, face what i got to face today, and by God's help and by God's power, I'm going to get through it. There's a lot of Christians who never experience the, the intervention of God's strength God's grace, 
because they don't have the courage to, first of all, face the day. They don't have the courage. They're not strong enough to even look their enemy in the eye and say, I'm not strong enough for you, but by the grace of God, by His help, I'm going to endure this thing, and I'm not. If you take me out, you take me out. But you're going to you're going to look me eyeball to eyeball to do it because I'm not running. And there, God says a lot about this, and there's a lot of Christians who could have victory if they just face what they need to face. Don't ever run. I know we've come out of a political season. We're in a political season. It seems like we're going to always be in a political season now. How many times have you ever said, it'd be nice just to have a politician that had a backbone? Well, let's apply that to where it hits home with us. How about some Christians who just do the right thing no matter what the price is paid? They do the right thing no matter what the fallout is. Who likes it? Who doesn't like it? I mean, you know what that takes? That takes strength. You know what that takes? That takes Courage. Well, Pastor, I'm just not a fighter. You know, really, nobody really is. But what some people do is they do say, I'm going to have the courage to face the battle that I have to face. I'm going to be strong enough to get up and do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm at least going to just do my best to get through the day. And it's amazing what God will do when God's people just say, that's my approach. And I've experienced some things in my life, as all of you have, and you say, Pastor, how did you get through that? I still can't tell you other than God. But what I did decide was, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to face today. And you know what has always happened? God's always come through. But God is not going to perform a miracle in your life if you won't get off your couch and go face it. Why would God give strength to you and I if we're not going to be courageous enough to deal with the things in this life that we have to deal with, face the battles that we have to face? We are facing, and I pray that God intercedes and it doesn't get this way, but we're facing in America what the rest of the world has faced when it comes to Christians. What may take place in the future. Well, what are we going to do? No, we have to say, be strong and of good courage, and we're going to do what a child of God is supposed to do. Uh, I don't know what all you're facing tonight. I don't know what all you're dealing with tonight, but I think God says a lot about just be strong. And when he says be strong, he's not talking about our own strength. He's talking about stay in the battle. In some cases, get in the battle. Hey, mom and dad, don't, don't surrender your children to the devil. If you got to get up and pray all night, get up and pray all night. I know it's holiday time. If you've got to fight, not literally, sometimes literally, but if you've got to fight relatives because you don't want certain things brought into the, into the life of your child, do it. If you've got to have Thanksgiving all by yourself, do it. That's not what you're looking for, but I'm going to fight. I, I, you do what you're going to do. I'm going to fight for my kids. It doesn't matter who I fight. As the pastor of this church, I'm going to fight for you. I'll fight the devil for you. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, people outside of here don't 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 talk, they don't talk bad to me about my church members. Why? Because I'm going to fight for you. I'm, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for what is right. You say, well, I wish I was as as strong as you are. You're missing it. I have the same limitations you have. But there's promises in this book that says if you'll be strong and have a good courage, God will win the battle. Think of David, and I'm going to get to these 28 verses in just a moment. Think about David and Goliath. God brought a great victory to that shepherd boy with a sling. But David had to take a sling on the battlefield. And when he said, I'll be strong when nobody else is, I'll be of good courage when nobody else is, God said, I can win a battle with him. I can show my people that with God, all things are possible. And you know, that's what what 
parent, those of you who have children at home, that's what, that's what your kids need to see is mom and dad are never quitting on God. Mom and dad may not be perfect, but we're going to get in the spiritual arena and I'm going to do the things that I need to do as a Christian and let God do the victory. If Moses mentions this as he begins to prepare Joshua, and also in chapter 31 and verse 23, it says, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. After Moses died, of course, we know Joshua became the leader of the Israelites. And I preached from this passage not too long ago. And in Joshua 1, verse 6, Joshua is reminded, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. In Joshua 1, verse 9, it's reiterated, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. In Joshua 1, verse 6, God could have just told him, under this people there's going to be an inheritance. But no, he reminded them, be strong and of a good courage. He reminds him again in verse number 9, Have not I commanded thee? that You better not forget, Joshua, that I've commanded thee to be strong and have a good courage. In Joshua 1, verse, uh, verse 18, the warning is there, Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken to thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. He says, somebody who rebels against what I've commanded, don't worry about them. You just be strong and of a good courage. You know, there's a lot of things you and I try and worry about that's God's business. And we just need to do what God's told us to do. And in this case, we're talking about be strong and of a good courage. Joshua 10, verse 25, he comforts with these words, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. So Moses, that great leader of God's people, who brings, his, brings God's people out of bondage to the, to, to the brink of the, the promised land, Moses instructs, be strong of good courage. Joshua, as he takes them into the promised land, pretty significant in the history of his people, God reminds him over and over again, be strong and of a good courage, be strong and of a good courage, strong of a good courage. Are you getting the idea that there, this is important for you and I? If not only the Apostle Paul mentions it, finally, my brethren, before I close this letter, be strong and of a good courage. Before I talk to you about putting on the armor, you need to be strong and of a good courage. Already, that great leader Moses, Joshua, but we're not done yet. At the conclusion of David's life, he instructed Solomon regarding the building of the temple. What did David say? What David said, said a, a lot, sounds a lot like what Moses said. You think about this great task of building the temple of God. What did David say to Solomon in 1 Chronicles twenty two thirteen? He said, Then shalt thou prosper if... Thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments with the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and of a good courage. Dread not, nor be dismayed. In 1 Chronicles 28.10, he says, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the, for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Uh, there, there's a lot of God's people who they know what God's will is. They just haven't found the courage to do it. They haven't found the strength to step out and do it. And this is what David is telling Solomon. You're the man to do this. Be strong and do it. Because obstacles will come. As a matter of fact, this is too big for you to do, but God's going to aid you to do it. Uh, in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, we find these words again. Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. I want you to notice the theme here. Moses gives Joshua instruction to be strong and of good courage. Then God tells Joshua, just like I was with Moses, I'm with you. David tells Solomon, my God will be with you. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But that's the same God I have. That's the same God we have today. And the same God that gave the instruction then to be strong and of good courage gives us the same 
instruction. When Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came to fight against the Israelites, Hezekiah spoke powerful words to the people. The battle was made more difficult because the enemy was so much greater in number than the Israelite army. They were far superior in number and in strength. But we hear this same thing beginning with the, 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 man, the, the words of Moses in 2 Chronicles 32, 7. As Hezekiah spoke to the people, what does he say? Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. He said, don't worry about the size. You just be strong and of courageous. Isn't it like us as people and as Christians and our failures of faith to always look at the obstacle and, and not really see what God has just told us to do? He's told us to be strong and have a good courage. Do you know there's battles that you and I, we don't have to fight? God fights them for us. Uh, the prophet Isaiah was proclaiming the judgment of God, but also his mercy towards those who was righteous. This is, this is, this is key for us even today. In Isaiah 1, 27, he spoke words of comfort to the faithful. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converse with righteousness. He goes on later in, in chapter 35 to say to this, and says, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. It says, be strong and fear not. Daniel had lost strength in even his ability to speak. And notice what Daniel 10, 19 says. As a heavenly being appeared to him, whether it be Gabriel or another angel, but this is what was said in Daniel 10, 19. O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And then Daniel gives an account of what happens next. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. And said, let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Again, the same instruction, be strong. The Israelites were leaving Babylonian captivity and would begin rebuilding the temple. The prophet Haggai came to, once again, say those same words Moses said to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the high priest. Yet now be strong. This is Haggai 2.4. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. It's hard to be strong when we're quitting, isn't it? It's hard to be strong when we're not even making an effort. Zechariah echoed these same words, encouraging the people to rebuild the temple. Listen to Zechariah 8, verse 9. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong. Ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. We come back, circle back around to our text as we've seen this theme through the Old Testament. Paul, who of course was very knowledgeable of the law, knew the words of Moses. And he refers to them in verse number 10, as we've read, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. God has done many wonderful works because his people just decided to be strong. You think of accounts um, of Scripture and those that have been martyred for the faith. Hebrews chapter 11 refers to the unnamed martyrs who paid the ultimate price. You read books like Fox's Book of Martyrs and these Christians whose lives were taken from them. All they had to do was recant. All they had to do was comply. And they would rather suffer torture. They would rather give their life. How could they do that? They just decided to be strong and courageous. Well, I couldn't have that grace. Well, God, they didn't have it either. But God gave it to them. Uh, in the life of a Christian, Christians that we all know, how do we do what is right? I so admire, and I'm, I'm not 
a young man per se, but I don't really feel like an old man either at 46 years of age. And, and, but I'm kind of in that spot where I can look and there's some behind me, but there's still so many ahead of me. And I so admire those that have just been faithful to the Lord and they're in their senior years. I look at some of these preachers and pastors that uh, I'm glad to be around and I have them I'm as good to them as I possibly can be to. We have, we have several who are retired in our, in, in our membership, and I want to be good to them. I so admire. How does somebody do that? They can't do it without just deciding I'm going to be strong. They can't do it. We say, well, I hope I have a ministry like theirs where everything's perfect. Oh, there is none like that. I hope I, if I had a life like brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they'd never have any problems. Oh, sure they do. Everybody does. We've got to decide to be strong. Now let's come back to our text. I'm going to make these two points very quickly, but I've still got a lot of Scripture I want to read to you to make them. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Notice that phrase, be strong in the Lord. This is a key. This is a key point, and I believe by the testimony already of people in here, this is one, this is a qualification that everybody in here who gives a testimony of salvation meets. That be strong in the, in the Lord is a strength, that strength is a strength of relation. I can be strong in the Lord because of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reminded in the book of Revelation, I, I didn't, oddly enough, I didn't reference it, that uh, Satan is overcome by the blood of the Lamb. There, there's two things that Satan cannot overcome. The blood of the Lamb, I'm washed in the blood of Christ. I'm saved. He can never overcome that. No matter what takes place, I'm saved, born again, and he can never overcome that. And he cannot overcome a child of God who just will not quit. A child of God who just says, I'm going to be strong, I'm going to be courageous, and whatever happens, happens, I'm going to let the Lord do with me what he would do with me. But this strength, it's not one of those things, I'm just going to have to will myself to do it. No, you have to have a strength of relation. And if you're saved, you have that. You have a relation with God through Jesus Christ. I'll remind you very quickly, we don't have time to reference this, but I encourage you to go back and read the first chapter of Ephesians. Paul speaks about that relationship with God. It is our relationship that strengthens us. Knowing that our Almighty God is our Father is a critical part of having strength. The reason that a lot of Christians are not strong as they've forgotten who dad is. They've forgotten who their heavenly father is. They've forgotten who they belong to. They've forgotten that they, had, they are the child of the almighty God. Let me tell you who my heavenly father is. He created this world. That's who, that's, who my, that's who I have a relationship with. You know, there ought to come some strength from knowing that my Father loved me enough that when I was lost and undone, He sent His Son so I could have a way back to Him, so I, my sins could be forgiven, I could have salvation, and so when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was adopted into His family, and there's nothing that can be done about that, and He is my Heavenly Father. As a matter of fact, that book tells me that, that, that I am joint heir with Christ. Think about this. Everything that Christ inherits by His relationship, I'm a joint heir. Because I, it's, a, it's a strength of relation. You know, what, what's, we got, we got to be reminded of this. This strength that I'm talking about does not come from our own ability. And as I look around the room, and a lot of times this, we, our young people have to deal with this, we look and we say, well, I think I want to do this for God, or, or I should take this stand for Him, but I don't have the ability that somebody else has, or I, I don't have the upbringing that somebody else has, or I don't have the strength that somebody else has. It's not about that. It's about who you're related to. And that is what God is saying when he through Moses said, be strong and have good courage. It was who was saying it. It was God saying it. He was saying, I'll take care of your enemies. 
When David was instructing Solomon, be strong and have a good courage because that's the temple that God wants, he'll do it. And Paul says to the Christians in the book of Ephesians, be strong in the Lord. That is a strength of relation. It's not about how much you can will yourself, and, and some are built different than others in, in their strengths and their weaknesses, but I promise you there's going to enter into the, the life of every child of God something you can't handle, something you can't control, something you can't deal with. Are we supposed to just wilt as Christians and run away? Well, how am I going to survive it? Remember who you're related to. My strength is not in me. And that's what this world forgets, and that's what many times our adversary forgets, that devil who wants to defeat us, and he wants to discourage us, and he wants to destroy us. Is it's not about our strength? It's about him. So he's saying, be strong because of your relationship with me. I'll reference Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. 1 John 4, 4. I love this verse. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in this world. Nothing in this world can, 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 can defeat a child of God without, with, with, with him. Say, well, what, what, I'm going to go through this or we're going through this. Nothing's going to take place that God hasn't ordained and God hasn't allowed. And by the way, let me remind all of us, those that God thinks highly of, he tests. He doesn't coddle them. He tests them. He tests his children. He tests his church. He tests the child of God. Because that's why he says, be strong and have a good courage. I'll give you grace that you know not of. I'll give you strength that you know not of. It's because of our relationship. You think about a son, a little child, a little, that little boy. He has a whole lot more courage when he's with dad than when he's not with him. When he's with dad, he's tougher. When he's with dad, he's got more confidence when he goes out to hit a baseball or to catch a football. Why is it? Because he's with dad. He's got a lot more bravado when dad is there who can protect him and fight his battles. Well, run out there in the yard and go get that. Oh, it's it's dark out there. Okay, well, well, dad, will you go with me? It's amazing the courage that comes with a little child when dad is with them. Okay, the application is very easy, folks. How much more confident should we be when we have our heavenly Father? Really, when we put it in this context, how pitiful is it of us to not be strong when we're related to the God of the universe? When He is our Father, He thinks of us. He has prepared a way for us. He wants to provide for us. How how much more confident should we be? And that's where our strength comes from. When God says, be strong and and of good courage, He wants to remind us, I'm your Father. I'll take care of you. I'll give you the strength that you need. Wait, having a good relationship with God through Christ, having that relationship strengthens us. That's why you and I, we need to be reminded through the Word of God, we need to stay close to Him because it reminds us of our Heavenly Father. It reminds us of our relationship in Him. Uh, When our faith is weak, it's because we're not thinking of Him. It's because we're not focused on Him. Because we're not depending on Him. And let me remind all of us that God wants us to depend on Him. So He puts us in situations where we have to depend on Him. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to provide a way. He wants to do a miracle in our life. He wants us to achieve more than we are even capable of achieving through Him. 
and then we have that relationship. So when we see, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, remember this, this is a strength of relation. I, and you, and you ought to feel this, everybody in here ought to feel the same way I do. I have no confidence in my flesh. I have no confidence in my ability. If you have confidence in your flesh and your ability to face this world and just to face life, as the book of Ecclesiastes reminds us, you've got a hard education coming. But let me tell you what I do have confidence in. I have confidence in God. And as a side note, that's why so many great men of God of the past always got labeled, they're just arrogant, or they're, they're full of themselves. Oh, no, they're not. If you were around them, they were the most humble people you would ever be around. But what you're, mis- what you're, what you're I- interpreting in a, in a wrong way is they've got a lot of confidence in their God. They've got a lot of confidence in this book, so much so that when God declares it, they act on it. When God says he's going to do something, they're going to do it. And they, they spend enough time with God that when they walk out and they approach a pulpit or they approach a situation and they say, thus and thus, they've got so much confidence, not in themselves, but because of their relationship with God. Would to God, we as God's people have enough confidence in our relationship that if there's a need, I have enough confidence to say, I know he's got it. I know he wants to give it to me. I'm going to go ask him for it and expect it. I'm going to get through this. Why? Because of him. But you got to be strong. You have good courage. Strong in the Lord. It's relational. I've got to hurry. I'm already past time. And I still got a lot to go. I'm going to be strong in the Lord. And notice that next phrase, and in the power of his might. Now, we said be strong in the Lord. This is a strength of relation. Be strong in the power of his might. This strength is a strength of reliance. I can be strong in the Lord because of my relationship with him. Be strong in the power of my might. Power of the pastor's might. The power of the church's might. What's your Bible say? And in the power of His might. So I can be strong in the Lord because of my relationship with Him. I can be strong in the power of His might. Too many Christians are trying to fight a spiritual battle in their own strength, their own might. And that's why we're defeated. That's why we're discouraged. That's why we quit. That's why we throw up our hands. Well, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. No. I can be strong in the power of His might because I am relying on His might. His power is available to any Christian that wants to take advantage of it. Any Christian. He's not a respecter of persons. But you can have the power of His might, and it's a reliance on Him. If we have a strong relationship with God, we will rely on His strength to carry us. There's a lot of advantages to spending a lot of time in this book. One of them is it reminds you of how inadequate you are. And when I say you, I mean me too. But it also reminds you of how mighty he is. And for you to really take advantage of his might, you have to be reminded of your inadequacies. And that's why God speaks so much about pride. Well, I can get by it, or I can do with it, or I can do with it. And eventually God's going to say, well, let me just send this your way, and I know you can't get through it. And if you're not relying on him, that's when Christians fall by the wayside. That's when Christians get knocked to the mat by life and they never get back up. It's because they're relying on their own might, not his might. And anybody who serves God any length of time, there's new Christians in the room tonight, some that haven't been in church as long as others. If you're going to survive as long as some of these, I almost said old timers, I don't want to do that. Some of these who seasoned Christians, as long as they have survived, you've got to understand something. You don't have the ability to do it. You don't have the strength to do it. Let me tell you who does. Your father does. And you have to depend on his might. He is mighty and powerful. Let me read some scripture to you and I'll be done. 
1 Chronicles 29, 11, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, for all that is in the heaven and the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I'll go ahead and answer that no. Luke 1, 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Anybody know what nothing means? I think we do. Nothing shall be impossible. Uh, Revelation 1, verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Psalm 80, verse 19, Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Psalms 145, 3, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. Jeremiah 32, 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power, and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. 1 Chronicles 29, 12, Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Uh, Romans 1, 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. There's some invisible things that you and I cannot see tonight, but the Bible tells us he sees them clearly. Uh, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Psalms 24, 1, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 1 Timothy 1, 17, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. I don't know about you, but I think... I'm pretty confident that we're going to get a lot further in our Christian life depending on His might than our might. Depending on His strength than my strength. See, the strength of the Christian must be both relational and reliant. You must be a child of God to have that relationship. And once you have that relationship, you need to have that reliance on Him. It would be a great thing in the life of a lot of Christians around this world for them to realize they don't have enough. You know, it'd do, it'd, do, it'd do a lot of good for Christians to be humbled, some Christian moms and Christian dads to realize you ain't got the wisdom to rear your children in this world. You can't protect your children. But God can. It'd be good for us to realize that with the battle we face, your battle, your burden, your challenge, your, your valley, the, the spiritual battle you may enter in in the near future, you don't have what it takes. But I got good news for you. You don't have to if you depend on Him. Uh, it was a great day in my life when I realized to the degree that I didn't have to start worrying about this anymore. I just realized I don't have to have the answer because he's got the answer. I don't even have to worry about how I'm going to feel tomorrow. I just got to take care of my today. I've just got to obey when he says, be strong and have a good courage. There's that theme all through the Bible, just be strong. Pastor, I don't, I don't have the answer. Okay. But when I get the answer, then I'll know what to do. No, 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 no. Don't miss this, Christian. You be strong and have a good courage, and then God will give you the answer. But when I, when I, when I, know, when I know how it's all, no, 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 no. You be strong. Pastor, here's a battle I never thought I'd face. Here's a burden I never thought I'd carry. I don't want to carry it. I know you don't. I wish you didn't have to, but you've but you got to be courageous enough to say, I'm going to finish this journey that God has me on. I'm going to do it faithfully by God's help. And I may not be pretty, and I may not be able to succeed in all the areas I wanted to succeed and achieve all that I wanted to achieve, but I'm not quitting. And by God's grace, He's going to give me the strength to continue. It's an amazing thing when a Christian gets that mindset and they're just trying to get through a day and years go by and they're still just trying to get through it. 
But it's a wonderful thing to look behind you and say, look how far God has brought me. Look at what God has. I'm, I'm talking to a room full of people tonight who all of us have faced things we didn't know we'd get through. This is it, Pastor, I'm not getting through this. Well, here we sit. That ought to give us confidence in the things we face in the future that I don't have to depend on me. I've just got to depend on him. Paul says, let me give you some instructions, and he writes this letter. He gets to chapter 6, a lot of instruction about having a relationship with God through Christ. And he says, finally, brethren, one more thought, one more thought as I close this letter. Before you put on the armor, you better determine something that you're going to be strong. We have young people who are training for the ministry. What, what do I need to know? What do I need to know? Before you need to know anything, you better make up your mind that you're, you're going to be strong. I remember as a freshman in Bible college, hearing Dr. Jack Howell get up, and I thought it was, okay, whatever. It's one of those little things preachers say to get, a, get an amen. Get your dictionary, which wouldn't apply now because it's all online and cut out the word quit. It's not in your vocabulary. Because I promise you, life will bring you something when you'll think about it. But for a child of God, it cannot be an option. Well, how am I going to get through it? You've got to be strong. Show up. Be in your place. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you just show up, you'd be amazed. If you just stay in the battle, you'd be amazed at what God would do. If you just say, here's a day God's given me, I'm going to go face it. You'd be amazed at what through his strength you're able to do. Let's rely on him and not us. Let's depend on him. You can do it. You can make it. You can have victory. You can, you one day can face your Savior and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Those words Paul wanted to hear, he didn't say, well done, thou good and perfect servant. Well done, thou servant who never stumbled, who never fell, but you finished. How do you finish? Well, you've got to be strong. You've got to be courageous. You got to do it in the power of His might. Father, help us tonight.